how would falling consumer prices be a bad thing? After all, over the last year and a half of the supply shock, accelerating consumer prices have been one of the biggest, if not the biggest, global economic problems that we've all had to face. And it stands to reason that if they stop accelerating so much and even decelerate, perhaps even reverse and decline, that would be a good thing. If the economy is falling toward recession because of consumer prices, then doesn't it stand to reason that the end of consumer price pressures would end the recessionary alarm? Well, let's talk about that today. And we're going to start with going into European retail sales to just to see what we can find out from them, as well as some other data and some market prices, which kind of puts everything in perspective, which says at the very least, it's not so simple as consumer prices up bad, consumer prices down good. Even if that's the mainstream message that's being sent widely right now, it's that consumer price pressures seem to be coming down. We get more and more evidence that that's the case. And as that becomes clearer, it seems like people want to say, no, everything's good. No problems anymore. The recession has been called off or at the very least, the recession will be mild. How do we know what to expect given the conditions that we're seeing as well as what that means for the next intermediate term coming up? We'll get to that in a minute, but first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University, of course. Thank you for joining me. If you're interested, we have memberships at the Eurodollar University website, which is eurodollar.university, conveniently enough. Memberships gets you access to exclusive videos where we go over all the Eurodollar stuff, shadow money, how it fits together, how it works. I just put up our 15th classroom video going over non-bank NBS securitization, how that fits into the Eurodollar package. We also have more current and uh, uh, current event focused research subscriptions, uh, daily briefing that I do in partnership with uh, Steven, uh, Steven Van Meter and Tracy Schuchart, the Markets Insider Pro, along, along with a daily deep dive analysis, all the information, eurodollar.university. So more data comes in, the more time progresses, it looks like the worst of the consumer price, the supply shock may have passed. So if we look at retail sales in Europe, it's just a place to start to this discussion this discussion here. Uh, Eurostat reported again that retail sales were up were down, excuse me, 0.8% on a nominal basis, adjusting for prices minus 1.8% real retail sales. These are atrocious numbers. So they already we see that Europe's economy is in is struggling mightily. Uh, looks very much like recession. In fact, you have to go back to last December, December 2021, before you see monthly retail sales data that looks this bad. And of course, last December, we had widespread restrictions, government uh, lockdowns, emergency measures, advisories, all that stuff across Europe last December. Um, the last time before that, you go back to July of 2021 for similar declines, monthly declines in European retail sales. And of course, July 2021, Delta, COVID, restrictions, pandemic, all the same stuff. So October retail sales in Europe were as bad as some of the, the, some of the most stringent lockdowns since the initial one back in 2020, just to give you an idea of how much European consumers are truly struggling. And to put that into further context, we look at these retail sales numbers year over year, Europeans all, across the Eurozone 
paid 7% more year over year. So this is comparing October 22 to October 21, paying 7% more in order to get 3% less. That's, I mean, that's an, I mean, that's, that's a horrible economic result that is consistent with rising fears of something more than just a particular or just a modest garden variety slowdown. But if consumer prices are starting to come back down to earth, as consumer prices are particularly related to energy, electricity, maybe not so much food, especially in Europe, but at least electricity, if the weather stays mild, uh, oil prices don't spike, all those kinds of things, maybe that plus 7% nominal year over year to minus 3% real, maybe that gap narrows. And that's kind of the thought process that's going across the mainstream right now. I'll give you another example. Uh, we had the European PMIs, or at least the, uh, the uh, final data for the month of November from S&P Global. Um, they said the number was 47.8. That's the composite manufacturing and services, which is not really a good number. That's a recession number, which S&P Global now admits, hey, it looks like the European economy has been forced into a recession. Uh, as they say here, with the surveys also bringing signs of inflation having peaked, again, that the, the recognition that maybe consumer prices or very likely consumer prices have reached their top, uh, back to S&P Global, the headwind on demand from rising prices should also start to ease in coming months, barring, of course, severe weather, hinting that any recession may be both brief and relatively mild. And again, they reiterated that same point earlier in the discussion when they said a fifth consecutive monthly falling output signaled by the PMI adds to the likelihood that the Eurozone is sliding into recession. However, at present, the downturn remains only modest with an easing in the overall rate of contraction in November means so far the region looks set to see GDP contract by a mere 0.2%. Massive consumer price pressures up to now, pushing Europe into a recession, which most people now concede that's probably likely, but, but with consumer prices coming down, doesn't that mean that the consumers will be better off and therefore the recession will be mild? In a ceteris paribus world, at least the one that economists inhabit, that would seem to be the case, but we're forgetting a number of things, including second order effects. If nothing else happened and consumer price pressures just stopped and even some consumer prices started to reverse, then yeah, you could see that, okay, we went into a mild recession, all that stuff that was plaguing the consumer pocketbook, that goes away, consumers start spending again, everything is hunky-dory. That doesn't take into any account any potential change in consumer behavior, nor more importantly, business behavior and the labor market. The longer this stuff goes on, the more likely that, first of all, consumer behavior already changes, and you should already be thinking about retailers have been talking about this recently, why they're focused so much on consumer behavior, because they know once consumers normalize to a different sort of set of circumstances, a different set of economic conditions, that's it. There's really no going back. There's no flipping a switch from one, one set to another. You can't go from pessimism to optimism just because gasoline prices become a little bit less expensive. 
But there's other things that we need to consider here too, not just the second order effects in the terms of the macroeconomy, but also other things that we can't even see in the data yet. So while consumers are sort of struggling a bit, but not so much that you would say, this is like 2007, 2008, or, or even 2009 again, we do see signs that consumer behavior has already changed. And more importantly, that business behavior has changed. First of all, we look at the way markets are processing this incoming data and they're processing it very differently from how S&P Global's economists are. S&P Global's economists looks at consumer price pressures, the end of inflation, what they say, bringing signs that inflation has peaked. Yes, there's all sorts of signs that inflation has peaked, which might mean something else entirely. Why has inflation peaked? Now, most economists would suggest the ECB did its job. The ECB hiked rates, they cooled the economy a little off, uh, cooled the economy off a little bit. Job well done, terrific. Thank you, Christine Lagarde. We can all go back to normal after a little bit of a hiccup in the economy. However, consumer prices might be coming down for other reasons that maybe don't have as much or anything to do with the ECB. Maybe we're already seeing the initial phases of a more sinister form of correction to the consumer price problem. I'm talking about not just recession, but all the nastier side effects that come with recessions, not just second order macroeconomic effects, but also third order macroeconomic effects. And when we look at the German marketplace or the European marketplace, starting with the Germany bond curve, which I've talked about before, you have to say the market is not looking ahead and saying falling consumer prices or an ease in consumer price pressures is going to lead to a rebound. They're looking at falling consumer prices or the potential inflation has peaked at the very least as confirming what may be a more sinister, worst case type of scenario. That falling pressure or falling consumer prices aren't a good thing as a result of positive policy response, falling consumer prices because of the economy and deflationary monetary conditions independent of central banking. In other words, more of the worst type of second and third order effects that have already infected the economy, even if we can't yet see it in the data, even including Europe, European retail sales that for the month of October were really alarming. So we look at the German, the German bond yield curve, and as I said before, as I've talked about on these videos for the last couple of months, absolutely unprecedented. And it's been unprecedented ever since. I mean, you go back to 2008, the German yield curve inverted in the five to 10 year, and only, one, on, only that one segment on one day, the two year, 10 year spread, that inverted a little bit more, but again, it was only a couple days in June of 2008. Here we have Germany's inversion that's much deeper in some of these other segments, as well as it isn't going away. It's only getting worse. It's sticking around day after day after day. And in particular, we go back to late October. So this very month in real time, when retail sales across Europe were actually contracting, we see a character change, a real shift in the German yield curve. Why? Participants in the German market were suggesting from their contacts, their business partners, their 
their lending activities, because remember, these are financial firms that are operating in the German bond market, using these German instruments as balance sheet tools and look, assessing the critical situation, not just in the macro, macro economy, but also in the monetary system. And ever since late October, this inversion has gone nuclear. It has, what has been, what was already unprecedented has become even more unprecedented to, to the point where it's, it's difficult to put it into words, even for somebody who like, somebody like me, who talks over and over and over again. So the German curve is telling you, especially since October, something has changed. We had a modest, unprecedented inversion going back into September, but ever since late October, that unprecedented warning has become, it, like I said, it has gone absolutely nuclear. Why? Because Germany, like we're seeing in the U.S. Treasury curve, the marketplaces is assessing this signs of inflation having peaked, not as a good thing, but as confirmation of all the bad things that have been bothering the marketplace all year. Not just the historical supply shock template that we all seem to be falling, but there's a touch more going on. Something that I want to get into in a future video, maybe tomorrow, maybe later this week, talking about hidden money and hidden dollars. When we look at the shadow monetary system, of which Germany is a huge part, obviously, and the German Bund curve being the most pristine collateral throughout Europe, you see this thing in unprecedented inversion, huge, huge alarm bells are going off for all these various reasons. So retail sales in Europe, S&P Global says, hey, everything, it's, we're, Europe might be sliding into recession, but it looks to be nothing more than a moderate, mild recession that maybe will clear itself up in a matter of months. And the German marketplace says, not very likely at all. If anything, the economy continues to move in the direction that the marketplace has said, not the other way around. And this is a global phenomenon, especially as we examine the marketplace today, other marketplaces anyway, we see a combination of these you know, optimistic factors that are being that are they're driving certainly commentary as well as markets. I'm speaking, of course, about uh, obviously the first one is is more and more signs of uh, consumer price pressures coming down. Inflation maybe has peaked. Inflation maybe peaked. That's that's generating a substantial amount of optimism, not just in Europe but also for the United States and other places around the world who have obviously been plagued by consumer price pressures for the last year and a half too. But that's not the only one. We also have, well, if if CPIs are about to come down and, and it looks like they're going to come down quickly and maybe stay down, then we also have monetary policy optimism, the Fed pause, the ECB pause. If we believe if we're blaming central banks for raising rates, restricting the economy, and they're starting to have success with CPIs come starting to go lower, then it stands to reason an end to rate hikes would be another end to a negative pressure. If we have the headwinds of consumer prices, we have the headwinds of rate hikes, an end to consumer prices, an end, an end to, to the rate hikes, that's got to be optimistic too. And there's a third one that's going around today, this week, uh, as well, and that's China. Uh, the Chinese have been obviously suffering through zero COVID and lockdowns, which many people have suggested are to blame for the ch really serious economic weakness across China. So if lockdowns were the reason the economy was doing 
horribly in China, an end to the lockdown, that would be optimistic too. So we have, we've got an end to consumer price pressures. We've got an end to rate hikes and we've got an end to lockdowns. What's not to like? So maybe everybody now admits that we're going to maybe suffer a small recession, which is already a, a, severe, a severe change, a big shift in commentary. But okay, we're going to maybe have a recession, mild one in Europe, maybe one in the United States, but it's never going to be more than a little because we've got end of CPIs are going to be coming down, which means no more rate hikes from the Fed or ECB. And China's going to reopen and save the world because that's what everybody says China does all these times. It sounds terrific. But then you look at the marketplace outside of the New York Stock Exchange and it says, no, sir, it's the opposite. The end of consumer price pressures are being priced very differently in U.S. Treasuries, the yield curve there, Euro dollar futures, that curve being massively inverted. And another one, one that I talked about recently, WTI crude oil. Even as crude oil prices have rebounded from their lows last week, it still can tango at the front end, even though OPEC said, we're not going to we're not going to cut any we're not going to we're going to keep our oil production uh, quotas at the same uh, the same amount still you see WTI can tango the markets are looking at all of these things and saying an end to consumer price pressures isn't the end of the recession it confirms all the bad stuff which is leading the global economy into one I want to make one final point here because this isn't just about Europe, retail sales, Germany curve. Again, U.S. Treasuries, WTI futures, that's more American, U.S. focused. But the Treasury yield curve, Euro dollar futures, that's a really a global assessment of the situation. And we also got the PMI from in the United States from S&P Global, which was uh, 46.2 with services. Really ugly number there, which doesn't really fit with the idea that the end of consumer price pressures may be just a modest recession. Um, but what S&P Global said, the economist there, the chief economist, as they usually does, goes along with the one part that I think everybody does agree on right now. What they said was a striking development is the extent to which companies are increasingly reporting a shift towards discounting in order to help stimulate sales which augurs well for inflation to continue to retrench in the coming months, potentially quite significantly. So, as I asked at the outset, are, how can falling prices be a bad thing? Because what we're seeing more and more and more, even to the point we've reached a consensus, maybe even policymakers themselves at the FOMC and ECB, is that consumer price pressures have peaked and probably peaked several months ago, if not all the way back in March and April. And now we've reached the point where they're going to become the consumer price acceleration becomes deceleration and maybe in certain parts of the economy becomes lower prices. But is that a good or bad thing? The markets say it's a bad thing because it confirms all the things the markets were worried about before. And if you look across the global economic data, including European retail sales or the payroll reports in the United States yes, uh, last week, Friday, where the household survey says recession, the establishment survey says something very different. What we're faced with, or is at very least, a serious set of economic circumstances which 
it's which at least points in the direction of recession. Now, what that ultimately means depends on your perspective, but the markets are absolutely conclusive, absolutely certain that the end of consumer price pressures isn't the end of the recession. It merely confirms maybe some of the worst cases associated with it. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you for joining me. As always, a huge thank you to Eurodollar University members, as well as Eurodollars and Mar Eurodollar University Markets Insider Pro subscribers. Um, until next time, we'll see you again. Take care.